Hey, good morning. Uh, good very morning on this uh, October the 16th. <clears throat> Man, we're just moving through this year. 2022 is about gone. October, November, December, holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Y'all come on and see us out here in North Carolina. Love to have you. Come on out. We're talking about I love my church. I love my church. Sporting the tea today. Love my church. I hope you love your church. I hope you love the people that you're that God has put you with, that that you rub shoulders with, that you serve with, that you do events with, that you uh, pray together with, and study God's word together with. I hope you love that group of people that God has put you with. And if you're looking around going, I don't really have a group of people, then find one. Go get plugged in somewhere. Get somewhere. The church is, we've said, the ecclesia, it's the called out ones, those who have answered the call and given their lives to Christ. In the church and in all of creation, God has all authority. Jesus has all authority. The Holy Spirit has all authority. All belonging is his. All construction is the work of his hands. And we are invited to enter into his work and his church by grace through our faith in Jesus. We are out in the cold without Christ. We have been separated by our sin. We have fallen away from God. And it is by the blood of Jesus Christ that our sins can be forgiven. And we can come back into a relationship with Jesus in his body, the church. That's the only way in. It's the only way. So everything that we have in Jesus is because he has established his church. And so we've said a number of things about why we love the church. It's the body of Christ. It's the way. It's the only connection to God when it comes to prayer. He's the bride of Christ. The church is. And uh, Jesus loves misfits. What we talked about last week. This week, here's our topic. I love the church because in the church, you and I are forgiven, and we need forgiven more than we will ever, ever, ever know. Forgiveness, though, is hard. Forgiveness is a slippery thing. It's like trying to nail jello to a wall. It does not happen very easily. All of us need forgiveness. All of us should give forgiveness. But it doesn't stick very well, right? We're so wishy-washy about it. We forgive and then we, we, we don't forgive. And we, we bring it back up, like especially with close people that are close to us. Like we, we say, yeah, okay, it's over. And a month later, they're bringing it back up or you're bringing it back up or we're bringing it back up. Forgiveness is hard. Do we forgive and remember or should we forgive and forget. Which is it? Is forgiveness for me? Do I give forgiveness for me? Do I am right? Or do I give forgiveness for the other person? It's often asked for by saying things like, I apologize for that, my bad, or, or, or uh, that's on me. Sometimes, you know, people say it different ways. Bruno, little Bruno, he says, he says, he says, I saw we, I saw we. That's how he says 
uh, I'm, I apologize. I saw you. We tell our kids to say you're sorry. And of course, they don't understand it. They don't really mean it. And they just go and do it again two minutes later. Some people hardly ever say sorry. And other people apologize for breathing. It's, it's the hardest thing in life, right? We're not very good at forgiveness. In fact, relationships have been destroyed, families have been torn apart, marriages destroyed, and all of us, all of us, every one of us, have been on both sides of forgiveness, either in need of giving it or in need of receiving it. We have all heard of the, uh, the famous Hatfield and McCoy the Hatfield and McCoy feud of 1863. Two families from Appalachian, uh, the hills of Appalachian. The hate was, was so deep and lasted for years. And it all climaxed in, in, in a New Year's massacre in 1988 when the Hatfields surrounded the home of the McCoys and unloaded bullets into the walls of the house, killing children, wounding uh, adults. And um, eight, uh, the result of that was eight Hatfields were imprisoned for life and one Hatfield, one member, was executed. See, that's a lot of hate. To get to that point, that is a lot of hate and a lot of unforgiveness. I hope we never get to that point. And all of it, all of it, all of it was over a stolen pig. A stolen pig. All of this hate. All of this unforgiveness. Oh, there are others. Uh, the Graham uh, Twexbury feud in the wild, wild west. The Lees and the Peacocks down in Texas. The Sutton Taylor feud in Texas. And how about, and we can't forget the the famous uh, Italian feud of the 1920s when uh, Chicago's South Side Al Capone and North Side's George Bugs Moran, George Bugs Moran, the feud of these, um, this Italian mafia groups, these gangs, right? Um, all of this came to a head on Valentine's Day in 1929 when Capone massacred Moran's, uh, his whole group of men, just destroyed him, massacred him. Uh, at least, allegedly, that's what happened. That's what the, the story says. The hate, the unforgiveness. People, like all of us, can be very brutal. And forgiveness does not come easy and forgiveness does not come naturally. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes sacrifice. It takes a lot to forgive. Sucking down pride, right? Ego. And this is why, it's for this reason that we all need Jesus so much. To when we come into a relationship with Jesus, in the end, the only person we've offended mostly is God. We have offended God by our sin on the earth. He created us. We belong to him. And when we sin against others, we are sinning against God. 
And so he is the one who we, we are most forgiven by, is God. And when we come into this relationship, what we find in God is true forgiveness and true grace. This is why we love the church, because true forgiveness is found in the body of Christ, literally in the broken body of Jesus, we find forgiveness. Just picture Jesus on the cross. He did that, his body broken, his blood shed, so that you and I could be forgiven with his father. We could be, we could be made right again with him. That's where true forgiveness is found. His forgiveness is available to anybody. His forgiveness is what the world needs, right? This is what the world needs. Our country needs the forgiveness of Jesus and to dwell and live in the forgiveness of Jesus. It's exactly what you and it's exactly what I need. Jesus is the ultimate pattern when it comes to true forgiveness. And so let me share with you three ways that Christ's forgiveness leads the way for you and me. Like if we could begin to live out his grace and his forgiveness in these three ways, the world would be a much better place. First of all, Christ's forgiveness, it leads the way. First, number one is this, his forgiveness unsticks us. Right? His forgiveness gets us up out of the mud. His forgiveness gets us going again when, when there is nothing else that is going to get us unstuck. Only his forgiveness can unstick us. Now, growing up in Buffalo, you guys, you remember this? We'd always find some poor kid or we talk a brother into touching their tongue to a light pole in the middle of winter, right? Frozen light pole, nice warm tongue, a little bit of saliva, and the two have become one. Talk about painfully stuck, right? This is, what, this, is, this is what happens to us in our sin. We are painfully stuck. Now, the only, way to, the only way to get that thing off that pole is not by yanking it off as fast as you can like you would rip off a Band-Aid. That is going to rip off layers of tongue and bleed, and it is going to hurt. Uh, what you want to do is just kind of cup the pole a little bit, your tongue and your mouth, and... Breathe a lot of hot air onto that thing and hope it just lets go. The warmth of it will hopefully release it or some warm water if you got some. But if you're out on the streets, you don't have warm water. You just have your breath. Uh, we used to do it down in the freezer. We'd, we'd open the freezer door and stick our tongue to the, the frozen trays of ice and the shelves that had ice built up on it. I don't know why we did it. We thought it was cute. We thought it was fun, but not a good idea. See, Jesus, he gets us unstuck. <clears throat> Romans chapter five, check this passage out. Romans says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has, has poured out into our hearts through that mo most important person, the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is why the Holy Spirit is so important in us. And without the Holy Spirit in us, there is nothing going on between us and God. There is absolutely nothing happening. 
You must be born again, and you must have the Holy Spirit living in you. Verse 6, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still stuck in our sin, like we're, we're, we're offending God, we are sinning against God, we are living rebellious lives against God, and in the midst of our rebellion, Jesus comes and he dies on a cross for your forgiveness. That's incredible. That's incredible grace. That's incredible forgiveness. Everyone is or has been stuck in sin at some point in their life. And the devil is a pro at deception. Most people have no idea that they are stuck in their sin. They have, they somehow think that they're okay with God. Most people are outside the kingdom of God in need of coming into the kingdom of God. Most people don't have Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and they need Christ as their Lord and Savior. 2 Corinthians says this, the God of this age, who is Satan, this is the devil, the God of this age. For now, the small g, God of this age, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The devil has blinded people. They don't even realize that they're in need of a savior. They have no idea. They are blinded by their sin. They are completely in the dark and they are unable, he says, Paul says, to see the light of the gospel. Do you know how dark it has to be to not see any light? I mean, maybe you've gone into a closet or a room, or maybe you've been caving. We used to go caving when we lived in Arkansas. We'd take our youth group up caving. And once you go into a cave, it is pitch black. It is so pitch black, you, you can't even see your hand like this close, almost touching your, you can't even see that. You can see nothing. You can see nothing in front of you, nothing around you. Once you're up in that cave, it is so dark. That's darker than dark, right? Right? And the only hope you have for light is if somebody turns on a flashlight or a light of some kind. See, that, that's dark. And when you are in that kind of darkness spiritually, you are utterly lost. The problem is most people are so lost they don't realize that they're lost because they've been lost so long. People are stuck in the darkness of their sin. They are blinded by the devil and his evil deception, his blinders, that he has blinded the minds of unbelievers. It's not that your eyes don't see, it's that your spiritual mind no longer sees. And Jesus came to get us unstuck. When we didn't even know that we were stuck, Jesus came to rescue those who are in the dark. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us.
See, forgiveness has a way of unsticking people. That's how Jesus is, and that's how we can be. Forgiveness unsticks others, and it unsticks us. Forgiveness. Number two, forgiveness is his pleasure. It is not our pleasure to forgive. We don't like doing it. It's uncomfortable, but it was his pleasure. Do you know what's awesome? You know what's awesome? What's awesome is putting smiles on people's face, right? Isn't that awesome? Like you do something nice for somebody out of nowhere and, 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 and they appreciate it and it like just catches them by surprise. Like I love to do that. Um, I, I love to just do stuff like that. Uh, whether it's, uh, you know, just coaching kids and seeing them kind of just have fun. And you know that that because of your involvement and your participation in that, you're kind of making their day. You're, you're giving them a reason to smile. That's an awesome feeling to have. It's our pleasure, like, to serve because when we serve, we put a smile on someone else's face. We go to the soup kitchen and we serve meals and we, we see the thankfulness and the gratefulness of other people in need. And, and that brings joy to our heart. It ought, to, it ought to bring pleasure to us. Like when some young person or a, 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 anybody gives their life to Christ, they give their life to Christ, that's like, wahoo, that's amazing, it's awesome, it should be our pleasure. Homeless people in need, we have these orange bags that we give out to people and it's always awesome to see them just take it and smile and you know you at least put a smile on their face for that day because pretty much the rest of the day is not going to be much fun for them. We should find great pleasure in giving grace. We should. See, Jesus, Christ's forgiveness, it leads the way. It leads the way for you and me. We should follow in his ways because it was his pleasure to give it. Hebrews chapter 12 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, those who have gone on before us, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Like Get rid of anything in the way. Anything that might stumble you, anything that might be uh, gray, you know, anything that might be, should I or should I not? No, you should not. Get rid of it. You don't need it in your life. I mean, look what the Hebrew says. In light of what God has done for us, well, if Jesus loves us, he forgives us, his grace is for you. He, he's preparing a place for us in heaven. And this is how he calls us to live. Like, get rid of anything that might hinder you from following him. Just get rid of it. You don't need it in your life. And there's a lot of things I could name right there. But I think the thing that most people, at least most Christians, try to they, they still like to hang on to is like alcohol and, and their language and, and just bad attitudes sometimes. The Hebrew writer says, let us throw it all off. Everything that hinders and the sin that so easily like catches us in its web. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, each one of us. God has a, a path for you. He has a perfect will for you. He has gifts, you know, spiritual gifts that he wants you to use in the church, in his body. 
He's got, a, he's got a path laid out for you. You should be like letting go of everything else that's in the way and running as fast as you can down that path, his path that he has marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. Jesus authored it and Jesus perfected it for the joy, here it is, for the joy set before Jesus he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Jesus who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That is one powerful passage. Oh my goodness. I mean, oh my goodness. From getting rid of anything on the, uh, in our life that might slow us down in some way. Get rid of it. Just just decide now, get rid of it. Just go all in with God. Like put all your chips on the table and say, I'm going all in with God. I don't need this other junk in my life anymore. Because, because that's what Jesus did for you. He went all in, all the way to the cross. Every ounce of blood shed for your sins so that you would be forgiven. And, and it was for his joy, for the joy set before him. Do you see that? See that word joy right there, right in the middle here, the word joy. For the joy set before him. The word is cheris. It means gladness. It means delight. Like, like when you give someone something and, and that you, you know that they're going to love. So last week, I, you know, I had this, I had bought a, the nine, 1993 Jim Kelly replica uh, ring. I should have worn mine today because uh, I have one and I, and I had a second one and I knew I, there's a guy at our, at our school where I coach and he loves the bills. Every time I walk down the hall, he's coaching a bunch of kids in the gym. He'll see me and he'll just yell out in front of all of them, go Bills! And uh, he loves the bills. And so I knew he was going to love this. Uh, so I, I, I wore the ring that day, uh, last week, and I, and I went up to him, and he's just sitting on the stage, and I usually go in there and sit for a little bit while the and school is ending before uh, practice, and uh, I go, man, I got something for you, and I take off this ring, and I give it to him, and he just lights up. He's like, what? What is that? It was huge. It's a big ring. It's like the, you know, the AFC Championship replica ring cheap, but, but, but just cool looking, you know, it's just like, what? This is amazing. Like he was so ecstatic and I, I was so ecstatic that he was ecstatic. It was so cool that, that when we do stuff for people, we do stuff and we, we help them because they need to be encouraged or they just need to be loved and people just need to know you appreciate them. That's all. And, but, but we get so much out of it. It was Jesus's pleasure. That's what this word means, joy, delight, gladness. When you do something for someone and you know they're going to love it. Jesus did something for you because he knew you were going to love it. And, and, and I don't know if we really show Jesus that we love what he did for us enough. I, I really don't think we do. I think we just ho-humly go about life as if, Oh, Jesus died for my sin. That's nice. And we go about our selfish little lives. And that should not be, you know, it shouldn't be that way. Something 
when something costs you something and you give it away, that's grace, that's love, that's mercy, that's forgiveness. And that's what Jesus has done for us. God finds pleasure in giving grace. It's, it's in his makeup, right? It's his nature, the love that he lavishes on us. He loves to lavish on us. The thing that he calls us to, loving people and sharing his grace, he excels at. It's not made up, it's not forced, it's not a show, it's not selfish, it's pure, it's honest, it's sacrifice of self. And as ugly as the cross is, as ugly as the cross is, and as ugly of a scene as it must have been when Jesus was beaten and nailed to it, Jesus took one look at the cross and he did not hesitate for you and me. Not one bit of hesitation in his bones. He took the penalty for us and he was glad to do it. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. It was his pleasure for you. Man, we, we've got to figure out how we're going to be more like Jesus. Somehow we're going to have to figure it out. And the last thing is this. His forgiveness keeps on giving. That's what it does. It just keeps on giving. I love going to the ocean. Don't you love going to the ocean? I mean, I just love going to the ocean, sitting on the shore, just, just feeling the warmth of the sand and the sun and, and just hearing the sound of the ocean, that constant that roaring of the ocean, the, the tide coming in, and going back out, and the waves coming in and going back out. Like, it just keeps on coming, like washing up on the shore, going back out. It's like, it's, it's, it's exactly like God's forgiveness. It just keeps on coming. It just keeps on giving. And in 1 John chapter 1, 1 John 1, John says this, this is the message that we have heard from the from him and declared to you, God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to, to have fellowship with him, the one who is light only, and yet walk in the darkness, we are liars and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. That is a beautiful passage. If we claim to be without sin, John goes on to say, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just and he will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. See, his forgiveness is constant. It just keeps on coming. It's there for you every time that you need it. It's constant and it's continual. Ours, our forgiveness, not so much. See, we know that Jesus said that we should forgive our neighbor 70 times 7. That's 490 times, and he's, he's just 
trying to show us that we should always forgive our neighbor. See, God's forgiveness is available and his grace is constant. And when we come to him and we ask God for forgiveness, remember he does say, if we confess our sins, we must come to him and confess our sins. He will forgive us. Do you see the we and the he? That's people, if we, people will confess he, that's him. That's people. This is important. It's people that have a relationship. It's God and God, the creator, and us as human beings, it's people. See, the only relationship, only in a relationship is forgiveness found. You don't forgive a tree, you don't forgive a rock, you don't forgive, you know, some, some object. Forgiveness is only between living people or God and his his, his uh, creation, right? His people. We come and we talk to God. This is what we do. This is what Paul, this is what John is saying. We come and we talk to God through faith, in honesty, <clears throat> in the Holy Spirit. We come and we talk to God. And in that relationship, if we confess our sins, he's faithful. He'll forgive us of our sins. See, religion, religion, on the other hand, can never give what a relationship can give. Religion is cold, stiff, and religion is never satisfied. I remember in Colorado, I was delivering Pepsi uh, in downtown Denver. I worked for Pepsi-Cola. I was taking cases of uh, drink up high rises, up elevators, filling machines, filling refrigerators, just all over the place. Downtown Denver ran into a lot of different people, a lot of street people, had lots of lunches with people off the streets. It was a hoot of a time. But one day I ran into a guy and he was dragging around the city of Denver a ball and chain on his ankle and it had dug into his leg and his leg was bruised and it was bloody as if he had been dragging that thing and he could not hold the ball. He had to drag it behind him from his leg and he had been doing that for, for hours, it seemed. Apparently, apparently he had committed some sin and the religious group that he was a part of was making him drag this ball around the city in public as a public display of his sin. Look, if you have to pay some kind of penance or vocalize some kind of chants or say certain prayers or light certain candles to get God's grace, you are caught up in a religion. This is not a relationship. This is a religion. We simply cannot buy, purchase, trade for, or earn God's grace, his forgiveness. There's no way you can do it. It is given freely by God to us when we come to him in faith. We come to him in a relationship. We gain forgiveness. It's his grace. It's his pleasure to give it. If you know the Bible inside and out, you can know it from front to back. You can know every person that's ever listed in the scripture, how many verses are in every book. You can know it forward and backwards. If you do, you are very 
religious. But on the other hand, if you know the author, now what you have is a relationship. See, there is a huge difference between knowing a set of guidelines and rules and regulations and knowing the one who gave them to us. And what God is after more than anything else is a relationship with you that two come together in agreement. And God has done his part and we honor him by living a life that honors him and is obedient to him, not to gain anything or buy anything, but because we love him because of what he did for us. That he loves us and that he gave us his son and that his son went to that ugly cross for me and for you. And because of that, I want to live for my God. Not earning anything, I can't. See, John says, Jesus is light. And in Jesus, there is no darkness at all. Everything is exposed. Everything is brought out into the open. And we are all guilty of sin, guilty as charged, we are of sin, and we all deserve eternal punishment. So, John says in the passage, don't even think for a second that you don't need forgiveness because every one of us do. John says, if you claim to be without sin, then not only are you deceiving yourself, but you are making God out to be a liar. And the truth is not in you. And so in light, everything is exposed and our sin is then exposed. And so what we find in the light is that we're all sinners in need of his grace. And the good news is this, when it comes to God's forgiveness, there is more than enough and available for all of us. His grace is sufficient and God delights in sharing his grace. He is faithful and he will forgive us of all unrighteousness. He will purify us and his grace and his forgiveness just keeps on giving. Forgiveness according to Jesus, his forgiveness, it unsticks us. It's, it's, it's his good pleasure to give it to you. And thirdly, it's always there. It keeps on giving, it's constant. See, I love the church. I love the church because in the church, you and I, we are forgiven. Only in the body of Christ is there this kind of forgiveness. People are terrible at forgiveness, but God is perfect in it. And he shows us the way on how to be people who forgive and how to accept forgiveness from him and how to give forgiveness from him to you and to me. We love the church. I love the church because the church is the body of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is the way. In it, we have communication with God. In it, misfits come together and are loved by Jesus. In it, we find mercy and grace. We're forgiven and we're made whole. I love the church because the church is the forgiven bride of Jesus. Let's go out into the world this week, you guys and show that kind of grace and mercy and forgiveness to a world that is in desperate need for it. And I know it's hard. It's hard. But God bless you guys. Have a great week.
muss 